You're listening. The Chilean British Radio. My name is Ella, and last week we were talking about the upbeat genre of future funk. This week, we're sticking within the electronic scene and moving on to a genre oddly named wonky. Before I start giving you all the information about it, I want you to start imagining what kind of music could fall under this genre name and what characteristics immediately come to mind when you hear this name. To help you out with inferring what wonky is all about, I want to kick off the show by playing you a track by an artist named Flume. This Australian DJ has released two albums since his career began in 2011, and very recently he also brought out a mixtape. He also won two Grammys in 2017 for his album Skin, as well as sweeping the board for his dance albums at the Australian Music Awards, and collaborating with a lot of interesting artists like Tova Lowe, Aluna George and Vince Staples. It actually took me a really long time to decide which of his songs to use from this self-titled debut album from 2012, since they're all personal favourites. This album was actually certified double platinum in Australia, as well as hitting number 12 on the US Billboard Dance albums. I love the way he creates these atmospheric glitch-hop beats that aren't completely devoid of emotion, like many electronic songs are. Flume states artists like Flying Lotus and Jay Della as his main inspirations. And I'm going to be talking about them later on in the program. So if you don't know who they are, don't panic. For now, this is the track Stay Close by Flume. Enjoy! Tuesday, 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 Tues
That was Stay Close by Flume. Now, let me try and explain to you what this genre actually means. The name wonky was created to describe the most important characteristic of this genre, unstable and off-kilter beats. It often comes in the form of high-energy instrumental hip-hop tracks, and a lot of it makes use of 8-bit sounds, and, just like many other electronic music subgenres, it's full to the brim with samples. To be really technically specific, the rhythms used are unquantized and mid-range, which means that they sound slightly off-balance or wonky. In some cases, this kind of music is referred to in different ways. Some of the interesting names I've heard for it are purple sound, aquacrunk, and laser hip-hop. However, these terms are more geographically specific. For example, aquacrunk was pioneered in Glasgow, which is the main hub for wonky music whereas purple sound comes from Bristol. To pin down the influences for this genre, it was created by hip-hop producers who were influenced by artists like Jay Dilla and Madlib. They started experimenting with elements from dubstep and IDM, or intelligent dance music. At the same time, dubstep producers started incorporating hip-hop into their music, and so this wonderful fusion genre was born in 2009. <clears throat> Right now, I want to play you a track by an artist who's been making music since even before Wonky was created, but his recent releases fit into the genre perfectly. His name is Lorn, and he's an American electronic musician who I've been listening to for years. He makes atmospheric and dark music, but his award-winning music videos are also extremely interesting and thought-provoking. This next track had an accompanying music video that won Best Dance Video at the UK Music Video Awards in 2015. Here's Acid Rain by Lorne.
That was the track Acid Rain by Long. So I first became aware of wonky existing as a genre in early 2016, right after I discovered my favorite website ever, everynoiseatonce.com. I'm pretty sure I've gone on about this site on every single episode of B-Sides so far, but it's necessary because it was so essential to my musical discovery and it led me to find so many amazing artists, so I can't shout it out enough. I couldn't tell you exactly how I found the page, but I can definitely tell you what a massive impact it had on me. When I first found this website, I was so obsessed with this fascinating new page and all the cool new genres to explore. I think I got overexcited and made five different Spotify playlists straight away, all containing a ton of music from different genres. And it just so happens that one of those genres was wonky. It's great to be able to go back to that playlist and play you the tracks that I've been listening to for over three years now. One of those tracks is going to be the next track on B-Sides today. It's by an artist named Toki Monster. She's a Korean-American DJ and producer who was the first woman signed to Flying Lotus's Brain Feeder label, as well as having created her own music label too, and overcoming two brain surgeries that caused her to lose her language and comprehension skills, which is absolutely incredible. This is Steal My Attention by Toki Monster. Yeah, 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 yeah
That was Steal My Attention by the wonderful Toki Monster. So now I want to give you a little bit of context for this genre and explain where wonky originated from. The wonky genre emerged from a very eclectic mix of influences. It borrows characteristics from genres like hip hop, glitch, electro-funk, chiptune and jazz fusion to name just a few. This is a very varied and interesting combination of genres. <clears throat> which helps to give wonky its distinctive sound. The genre of wonky took off shortly after dubstep and grime started up in the UK, around 2008. You can definitely feel the dubstep influences within wonky, but you can also feel the influences from experimental hip-hop beatmakers too. This next artist was possibly the most influential hip-hop producer of this generation. His name was Jay Dilla, and even though he passed away in 2006, he continues to be talked about and sampled, or referred to in songs by other artists. The hip-hop community really felt his death on a personal level, but he continues to be so celebrated and admired to this day. There's even a donut shop named Dilla's Delights in his hometown of Detroit that was opened by his uncle in 2016. I guess part of his continued relevancy is due to the amount of posthumously released music, since at the time of his death, he had over 150 unreleased beats. His new music is still being introduced to the world in the form of EPs, as well as plenty of reissues and compilations as well. It's a real shame that he won't know just how important he's been to the world of hip hop, but his legacy definitely lives on. Here's my personal favorite Jay Dilla track, Nothing Like This. Yes. 
That was a beat called Nothing Like This by the legendary Jay Dilla. Now the wonky scene mainly originates from Glasgow in Scotland, and one of its founding fathers, along with being credited for inventing the genres of purple sound and laser hip-hop, is an artist called Rusty. Purple sound and laser hip-hop are both just alternative terms to describe the kind of music that Rusty makes. He stated that his inspiration comes from a variety of eclectic sources, like computer game music, jazz fusion, and trance. Many people also credit him for inventing modern EDM trap, with a mix that he created for the BBC Radio 1's Essential Mix in 2012. Listening to the Beastie Boys allowed him to make the transition from the grunge music of his youth to the hip-hop music scene. He's signed to Warp Records, so his label mates have included Aphex Twin, Kalila, who I talked about in my very first episode of B-Sides, Hudson Mohawk, another wonky musician, and Flying Lotus, a very important artist that I'm going to be talking about later on in the programme. But right now, I want to play you a track by Rusty that features a duo named Aluna George, who have stated that their influences include the aforementioned artists, Hudson Mohawk and Flying Lotus. You're going to be hearing a lot more about them later, but for now, Here's Afterlight by Rusty featuring Aluna George. 
That was the track Afterlight by Rusty featuring Aluna George. So now we're going to make a little detour from the main genre of wonky to talk about a very similar subgenre called retrowave. This genre uses a lot of synths, which are a very important part of not just wonky as well, but also of many other subgenres of electronic music. However, although both genres are inspired by video games of the previous century, Retrowave puts more of a heavy emphasis on film soundtracks from the 1980s, and it's much less focused on other genres like hip-hop and jazz than wonky is. Retrowave attempts to capture and celebrate the atmosphere of the 80s, complete with futuristic neon aesthetics and album covers reminiscent of films like Tron and Blade Runner. It's often confused with the genre of synthwave, but the name synthwave is just an all-encompassing term for music that uses synthesizers. Retrowave attempts to recreate the sounds and feelings of the 80s, whereas synthwave is the actual sounds and the feelings of the 80s. This next artist fits into both the aforementioned categories. His name is Com Trues, which is a play on the actor Tom Cruise, and his albums are intended to tell the story of a synthetic space traveller trying to escape an oppressed society. Com Trues somehow manages to blend 80s nostalgia with ambitious futurism in his music, which makes his sound extremely distinctive. So give it a listen. This is the track Climax by Com Trues. Thank you. 
That was the track Climax by Comtrues. So next up on B-Sides, I want to talk about a recurring theme within the electronic music world. Many artists not only produce their own music, but are also involved in numerous different side projects too. This is different from an artist featuring on a song, since features are usually one-off singles, where one artist has slightly more creative control than the other. And a lot of the time, Writing credits are only attributed to one of them. In contrast, collaborative projects usually mean that the artists have equal input and are working together long term. Think of DJ groups like Swedish House Mafia, Jack Yu or Major Lazer. A good example of this within the wonky genre is the artist Machine Drum, 
who was involved in three different DJ duos, as well as having released more than 11 albums on his own since he made his first recordings at the age of five or six. But he didn't actually start releasing material as Machine Drum until 2001. The track I want to play you now is from 2017, and it's a standalone single that's separate to any album or side project. This is the track You Better by Machine Drum. Hey, 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 hey. 
You Better by Machine Drum. So now I want to talk about some specific record labels that are really important within the wonky music scene. There are plenty of artists signed to these labels who have been key players in creating and developing the genre. The indie label Brainfeeder has been home to such prominent wonky artists as Lawn, Toki Monster and Igloo Ghost, another one of my favourites. Although the label itself was founded by Flying Lotus, he chose to remain signed to his original label, Warp Records, for his own major physical releases. It makes sense for artists to change labels if they're underperforming, or maybe the artist is dissatisfied with their music, or wants to go in a different direction stylistically. But it's interesting to see how many artists within the same genre are signed to the same labels. However, a few artists within the Brainfeeder label have also been part of another label named Ninja Tune. Two of the artists I've talked about already, Lawn and Machine Drum, have been signed to both of these labels, along with the next artist I want to play you, Lapalux. This English record producer has released three albums and six EPs, as well as providing music for the video game Grand Theft Auto V, and making countless remixes too. This is the track Don't Mean a Thing by Lapalux. Thank you. 
That was the track Don't Mean a Thing by Lapalux. In the modern world, inspiration can come from anywhere. And one particular modern invention has had a huge impact on artists and the way they make music. I'm talking, of course, about video games. They've been incorporated into music in numerous different ways since they were invented. Whether it's using samples and sounds from retro games and consoles, or creating video game experiences to accompany an album. At first, video game music was all in the form of digital chiptune music, where programmers had to input each note individually, and most systems could only generate a limited amount of tones. But as technology improved, the sound capabilities of these systems, and the potential for video games to have interesting and melodious soundtracks improved too. Video games became a way to introduce electronic music to a whole new generation. And in games like Grand Theft Auto or FIFA, where well-known popular artists are recruited to provide music, their songs are exposed to an entirely new audience. Video game soundtracks are being taken seriously as valid and real music more than ever, which is great because it's so important to recognize the creativity and ingenuity behind video game music. And of course, a good soundtrack is essential to a good game. It has to fit the vibe and improve the overall experience of the player. You want to be focused, but you don't want to be distracted entirely by the music. And particularly memorable music has the potential to stick with the player for their entire life. I can definitely say that as a huge Pokemon Gold nerd, I'm transported back to my childhood every time I listen to the cheerful beeps of the soundtrack. Video games have really changed popular music forever. This next artist incorporates a lot of video game sounds into his music, as well as being a self-confessed game fan. This is the artist Ground as Lava, with the song Endless Voyage. Thank you. 
That was the track Endless Voyage by Ground is Lava, another great example of music within the wonky genre. This genre has stayed super underground over the past decade or so, and I feel like, weirdly, its obscurity has really helped its success. A lot of the time, when a genre hits the mainstream and starts being talked about in the press and within the music scene, then the market becomes oversaturated. Everyone jumps on the trend and starts trying to make their own version of that genre. This means that the audience get bored of the genre really fast, and so people stop making that kind of music and move on. Quite a few interesting genres have died out this way, like Vaporwave, Witch House and Future Funk, all genres that I've talked about before on the programme. It's a real shame, but a good way to keep a genre from dying too fast is to keep it obscure and underground. And a way to change up the genre so it doesn't become boring is to incorporate elements from other genres. This next artist is famous for his genre bending and mixing of styles, particularly jazz, hip-hop, funk and electronic, as well as being a rapper, a filmmaker and a label founder. His name is Flying Lotus and he's a 35-year-old Californian who's been making music since 2005. And he just released his sixth studio album, Flamagra, on Friday to widespread critical acclaim. It's the product of five years of work and experimentation. I want to play you a track from this new album that was released as a single a little while before the full album came out. It features vocals from the lead singer of one of my favorite bands, Yukimi Nagano of Little Dragon. I've been listening to this new album quite a lot since it came out, but this one definitely remains one of my favorite tracks. Here's Spontaneous by Flying Lotus featuring Little Dragon. Thank you. 
That was Spontaneous by Flying Lotus featuring Little Dragon. So now it's unfortunately time for me to start wrapping things up and moving on to the end of today's episode of B-Sides. I really hope that you've enjoyed listening to all the music I've played you today and that you might be inspired to listen to some more music from the fascinating genre of wonky. It's a genre that's still evolving and developing and I'm really excited to see what kind of music is produced within it over the next few years as well as the ways in which the artists will fuse it with other interesting genres too. To finish up the show today, I want to play you a track by the artist Gold Panda. He's UK born and bred, but he lived in Japan for a time and studied within the Oriental and African Studies division at university. You can definitely hear the Far Eastern influences creeping into some of his tracks. He's released five studio albums and seven EPs, but he only achieved international success after a song from his first album suddenly blew up and gained 13 million views on YouTube. It has 21 million plays on Spotify now, and there's no real concrete reason as to why it was so infinitely popular. But right now, I want to play you a song from his 2016 album, Good Luck and Do Your Best. Gold Panda says that he took inspiration for this album from the unique qualities of the light in Japan during April and October, which is a really interesting source of inspiration for music. I hope you enjoy this last track, and I hope you'll tune in next week for another interesting subgenre. Here's In My Car by Gold Panda. My name is Ella, and I'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you.
You are listening to the Chilean British Radio. Thank you. 